0: So it's two empty Diet Coke bottles shimming my mic and then two full of water holding down the base of the lamp. That's some engineering. Perfect. This is safe.
1: I got a Diet Coke bubble that's halfway down. I don't like it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I need to get it to move one way or the other. So wait, when you're drinking Diet Coke, like in your house, Mm -hmm. just like what you buy, do you buy cans or do you buy bottles? What's your preference? Bottles. Really? Is it because you can, like, mm-hmm. cap it off? Exactly.
0: Got it. Also, they hold more. True. Uh, not that I want to get to no, the show, yeah, let's, but let's... Well, th- this is now too long to use as a like a cold open. You <laughs> can snip it. <clears throat> All right. Let's... Uh, oh, I got to... Oh, the bubble moved.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: On that note. Now I'm ready. (laughs) Welcome aboard LRB After Hours. Friday night recording for your Monday TBTL Week in Review. After hours. Little Red Pandwagon. Sorry. Thank you. Coming to you from Room 220 Studios in the Hilton Garden Inn in Worcester, Massachusetts, <laughs> pronounced just like it sounds. I'm Bobby Pape, and joining me from the middle aged, momish, <laughs> bedroom studios <laughs> in austin texas it's hillary H. Mom butler good evening hillary
2: good evening bobby i'm drinking a lukewarm
0: rosé everything is fine <laughs> it's kind of fun are you um are you in a fully reclined like are you laying flat with the microphone over you or holding it what's the setup no here?
2: i'm no i almost should but I, i'm a little bit nervous about like me falling asleep and also I want to drink my rosé properly and not choke on it so uh, no I'm just like sitting like dorm style in my bed and kind of propping up things to work properly so I don't know our house is a chaotic mess because we just had it painted so it's everything is in the middle of every room so I don't know what's going on
0: I don't know where I am. Well, I don't know what your fear of falling asleep says about me and our other co-host <laughs> this evening from the Sticker Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota and with a plan... Lundholm, good evening, Anne.
1: Hello, everybody.
0: What are you (laughs) drinking and what temperature is it at?
1: I'm drinking ice cold water from Mm. my $5
0: Rubbermaid uh, (laughs) beverage (laughs) container. (laughs) Uh, Well, I'm going to hell because I'm drinking a bottle of water that was... In the room for me when I got here that I moved to the fridge so it would be nice and cold.
2: Does it cost anything that stresses me out to drink bottles of water that are placed in a hotel room?
0: Uh, this water is free for me because I am a Hilton Gold Oh ooh. I mean, I don't want to brag, but I get free bottled <laughs> water at Hilton Properties.
2: <laughs> hey, big spender. <laughs>
0: uh, we are going to bring you your TBTL Week in Review uh, after a little bit of LRB business, we'll also do some housekeeping and tell you how you can get involved with the show. And speaking of housekeeping, one of the many reasons for doing this late on a Friday night is so that we can avoid that awkward moment tomorrow morning when I get interrupted by housekeeping. Uh, little did we know that TVTL was going to post so late today. <laughs> uh, but before we talk about that, uh, you have a Friday show fresh in your feed. If you haven't listened to it yet, I have not listened to it yet. I. I'm sorry, but it just came out this morning, and it's been a busy day. And we're on that in a minute. And mm. could you tell us a little bit about this Friday
2: show? It's fantastic and horribly cringeworthy. That's what I will it's say. Funny, you don't <laughs> sound like you. <Anne. laughs> <No>, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um. I, well,
1: I just thought that since we normally pick clips that show Luke in such a good light, that maybe I could pick a few where he kind of makes a fool of himself. Uh, So I found some clips that uh, have Luke doing a variety of very, very embarrassing things sparked by me doing some archiving. And as I'm listening, even though I know the story going, Luke, no, don't. Oh, no. Oh, so I picked a handful of clips like that. And uh, we had a good time. Phyllis's great, yeah. live chat while she was listening to this episode was pretty good. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> We've got three of your phones um and we'll do them as we go. There's a general one we can get to as well, but I just want to read a late breaking one from Scott who has already listened to the uh clip show. Scott, uh emailing from his government address, yes. which always amuses me. His HHS <laughs> uh address. Hugging my phone, latest clip show made me laugh out loud, quote, could use some more cheese, close quote. <laughs> Seriously, y'all are the best. Thanks for brightening my day. Two exclamation points. Thanks, Scott. Yes, thank you.
1: My goal is achieved.
0: <laughs> Thanks to uh, Anne and Christy for putting it together. And then Anne, I believe you did some skillful editing to cut out some delirium.
1: Um, Christy and I both had fevers when we recorded oh, this i just want everybody to know i cut out 17 minutes of content from that show <laughs> and a whole bunch of times of us going
0: uh... <laughs> well i'm editing this episode and i won't be cutting any of those out so we right. better push on <laughs>
2: By the time I get to the end of this glass, you're going to be like, oh, I have to edit. This is like nonsense
0: babble. So get ready. (laughs) Uh, Some LRB business before we get to our weekend Review. I actually didn't put this on, but I'll just note that since I am in Worcester, Massachusetts, uh, we had a couple of days of recording out here uh, where I got to spend a lot of quality time With a great composer who I've mentioned before because he's also the composer who got rich because he wrote the theme song to Thundercats.
1: (laughs) Oh, right. That dude.
0: (laughs) That dude. Spent a lot of time hanging out with that dude the last couple of days. A lot of fun. Uh, I am at the Hilton Garden Inn and I have never felt like more of a boring white person because next door at the convention center is the Massachusetts Tattoo Convention.
1: Nice.
0: (laughs) And so I am the only person in the building who isn't covered and, like, full sleeves and face tattoos. and um, Are you going to go get one? <laughs> just,
2: just walk in and... I'll be your test subject. I bet they have coupons.
0: Like any other conference. I just want all the free samples. I'm not going to buy. I'm just going to have little pieces of tattoo all over my body. God. It's like the chicken food court of the convention hall. Uh, so yes, uh, we're gonna bank on both late night and hotel Wi-Fi to bring this show to you. Uh, there's also one more throw your phone moment that um, we should mention now. And do you want to take this one from Ellen?
1: Yes, Ellen. Uh, this is in reference to something that didn't happen this week, but it's also a more general comment that I thought would be well discussed outside of the context of the recap. Ellen says, "I know this has been discussed before, but Luke." <laughs> still has a $500 credit limit. I don't understand how this is possible. I had $800 at the height of my irresponsibility, and it went up as soon as I started making enough to actually cover my costs. I assumed that was in his past. Can you guys please discuss how this is possible? Unpaid parking tickets, maybe? I'm truly baffled. How was he allowed to buy a house? And we kicked this around for a while after <laughs> yeah. Ellen's uh, comment came in. And uh, I mean, we got as far as we figured that he got the Bellingham house because he had sold the Seattle house and the Seattle house had picked up enough value yes, that he right. had plenty for a down payment or whatever. But what we couldn't understand was how on earth anybody ever allowed him to buy the house in Seattle.
2: I have no idea. I I have um excellent credit, which is something I pride myself on, but I definitely in my 20s and 30s got into, you know, a pretty substantial amount of debt. But the thing that I always did because like I'm a rebel but also a good girl at the same time is I always paid the minimum. If you know, I never skipped a payment or anything. So my my credit was always really good and they would always extend me credit cuz I'm like their ideal candidate because I accrue debt and I'm paying off all this interest but at the same time like you know pretty timely and I'm not delinquent about it he must have just like never paid anything I don't get it but I don't know how he got a loan unless it was mostly in Vanessa's name and then when they broke up they just split the profits that's the only thing I can think
1: but he said that Vanessa also was poor with yeah. managing her
0: finances so I, I i think i can answer how they got the mount baker house and that's just a matter of timing anyone could get a mortgage in 2006 7 oh. you know around the time they bought that house anyone could buy a house not anyone should buy a house but anyone could buy a house
2: yeah it was early well, enough but- before the But they
1: didn't own the house when TVTL started. He was living in an apartment. So he couldn't have bought it until at least sometime well into 2008.
2: By the time I started listening to it in 2009, they had purchased the house. I'm wondering if
1: he bought when the market was in free fall and the mortgage brokers were so freaked out that they just wanted some business, any business. Because I kind of think that's where I got in, although my credit is... Like yours, Hillary, is far better than Luke, so I don't think I would have had a problem either way. Yeah, But that's what I'm guessing, was that when the market was in the toilet and they were just so desperate for sales that they might have done it for him.
2: And I guess they had a stable enough income, I mean, sort of, between the two of them that they could prove that they could pay the mortgage. But And also, I think he might have bought a place in Los Angeles, did he? So had he had a history of purchasing places i don't know i feel like i remember him buying something in echo park or something when he was married and living down in los angeles but i might be wrong Hmm. i don't remember at all i don't either but yeah i mean it's it's wild that he has a five i mean a five hundred dollar credit card limit is literally like what a freshman college with zero credit and like nothing attached to them gets pretty much but mostly you get like 1500 because they want you to be able to spend money on it and pay the minimums like i
0: stupidly did yeah, I don't know. Um, I I had, you know, some of those low credit cards, you know, before I met Sam and my credit was not good uh, because I, you know, had some of my underclassmen mistakes with credit as well. Um, but now they just, my cards just go up. Yeah. Like I'll get a letter in the mail that says, we've increased your credit limit on this card. If you don't want us to, give us a call and we'll change it. But mm-hmm. Like, they throw more money at us, and now we have a ridiculous mortgage, so now everybody wants to give us more debt. (laughs) (laughs) sure. Yeah. Yeah. No,
2: it's really, that's, like, something that Dave and I talk about a little bit, because we both had issues with credit cards, Um, and something that we want to sort of bestow on our children is being smart about it, because it can so screw you up, and just, like, make it hard to do anything and save for anything because you're just p- constantly paying down this bullshit interest and stuff. And it just is, it yep. just is a tax on your life and it's such a weight and we want to try to show, you know, you need to build up credit. It's smart to have a credit card to have credit, but also be, you know, wise about it and not just think, Oh, what I, what I thought, which was if I can't afford something, then I'll just put it on my credit card, <laughs> you know? So that was good.
0: I guess that ends credit talk on this episode of LRB After Hours. (laughs) It's Dave Ramsey Hour on LRB. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, When I worked at um, the PBS station in Buffalo briefly uh, many years ago, I actually worked on the national PR rollout for a documentary we had um, produced called Your Life, Your Money, which was uh, hosted and narrated by Donald Faison, the black guy from Scrubs. Yeah. That that's the most experience I have with with credit education. I had that's probably when I had like a four hundred dollar credit card, and here I was like helping explain to the youth of America how to not be me. So that was exciting. I never got to meet Donald Faison, but I did meet um, oh, what was her name? Some C list R and B singer who was also in it. Mm. Um, it'll come back to me, but. We don't need to hold on that. Sierra, just kidding. Seattle fans. (laughs) Ouch. No, it'll never come back to me now. Only because we're on the spot and I'm tired. But instead, we should do our weekend review. Let's get at it. Uh and I'll take Monday starting with uh twenty-seven twenty-four. Cautiously pessimistic. This was a two hour and five minute show. Which I totally called, by the way,
2: before it. I was like, this is over two hours, guaranteed. I knew it. I just had a feeling.
0: Uh yes. And uh thankfully I just didn't take any notes in the uh the no point conversion really. I mean I have enough for us to talk about it, but it won't be much, and that's okay. Uh starting with the smell of either old beer or wine in production that's wafting into Andrew's window from downstairs from the back alley. Uh, I don't know what the proximity of that is between the nail salon and the architecture firm, but he's either disgusted or intrigued, uh, whether it's old beer or proto-wine. And uh, he, he's, he's not sure what to think of this, but it's definitely making an impression on him. Then we get Carrie on the show with Luke and Andrew to get talked over Mm -hmm. more or less on the voyage of the ferry boat Mm -hmm. over the weekend because Luke and Carrie were on a ferry coming from Port Townsend to somewhere I don't remember and it collided with the uh, dock I guess or part of the area where it pulls into dock and then did a. 360 did he say? I think it was more of a 180, maybe it was a 360, and then they backed off. Um I just when he said three sixty had three sixty spins and <laughs> slam dock pointers stuck in my head. True. Uh and a page to the crew to stay calm over the PA system, which does nothing but make everybody panic. So uh we get Carrie on the show to talk about her experience here, uh, which was essentially that she was afraid and Luke was not hmm uh, okay it's fine I mean <laughs> I, I that's why I'm gonna stop talking now because I have, <laughs> there are two ladies on the show who can address this better than me
2: I don't necessarily think I would have personally been scared just because I believe in like systems too much which is a failing on my part probably but um, I think that it's really rude to discount um, what your partner is feeling and also I think that Luke Spent so much of his time wanting to be, like, the man in their relationship, and, like, it is detrimental in some ways. I mean, I don't know how Carrie was feeling. She didn't seem pissed or anything, but it was just so minimizing how, I don't know, he was talking about it, and I, I don't know, I just thought it was rude, but whatever. I mean, he just wants to feel like he's in control and sort of being the hero of the situation when she was scared and like, that's it like that when my kids are scared and I think it's silly when they're scared, I can't just be like, you're being dumb. It's, you know, it's, there's no monsters in your room, which I think I'm obviously thinking that, but you have to, if somebody's scared, they're scared and you, you have to sort of embrace it a little bit. Honestly, I couldn't
1: even get that far into thinking about the subject because I was so annoyed at Luke for interrupting her. Yeah. Cause he'd be like, Carrie Beth, Carrie Beth tell about the time that you were in the fairy accent and she'd start to talk about you know when she was in fourth grade and then he would interrupt her and tell the rest of the story and she's like well there okay there was this also this one other time when I had a sleepover and then he would interrupt her and talk and I was like I'm gonna come through this internet and shake you until your teeth rattle if you don't let your wife finish her sentence.
2: And she seemingly has way more experience doing, you know, these ferry rides and being in this general area. Um, so she kind of knows what's normal and what's not normal. So I, I was like, well, let's just let her talk. And you're a shitty boat driver, so shut up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of uh, irony in the parallels there of the ferry boat, as Luke likes to say, getting plowed into the dock. Uh, Carrie, oh, uh, actually, before I do that, I should read Eric's throw your phone moment because it's apropos. Uh, Eric says, yep, that was fear shaming on Monday's show. They need a woman on that show big time. Yes, Eric. Gotta go watch the game. Power out. (laughs) Sure, that came in on Monday night. Um, Carrie does say, when Luke says it'll be fine, it never is. (laughs) So true. Uh, and then Carrie asks Andrew how he would react in this situation. And Andrew, surprisingly to me, said probably more like Luke.
2: Well, I think it's that I fallacy. It. Yeah, one, yeah, uh, that's true. And I think it's also that fallacy of like if you're, well, you're not on land, but there's something that people fear, fear. And I don't have this fear about flying, about how you're so out of control because you're just like up in the air and sort of at, I don't know. Nature's whims, or whatever, but um, you know, I agree. I think that a boat somebody said this, and it's like maybe it's a throw your phone, but it's like if there's cars going down and the boat's going down, there's not a whole lot you can do. I mean, not that you can do so much in a plane, but I feel like a boat is a little
0: bit more tenuous, even. You just justified why I don't care where I sit on the plane. Yeah i i recently had someone explaining to me that they like to sit in the back of the plane because obviously if the plane crashes the front of the plane is going to be crushed and people will die but i might be fine in the back <laughs> and i'm just thinking it's it's kind of an all-or-nothing situation yeah. i'm not i'm not holding out hope that i'm going to be one of the four people who survives if this plane goes down i don't know that i want to be yeah one of the four people I know. Who, mangled but, It's a little late to get that dark. Um, (laughs) You mentioned Carrie's childhood memories that Luke insisted she bring up. So she discusses that as best as she can. Um, I thought Luke actually missed a real opportunity with all of this. You know, he's telling this story. He could have called up Cairo and talked to any of those obnoxious Cairo hosts And probably been given a lot of airtime to bitch about the lack of safety standards on our ferry boats or something. Like, I feel like this is the kind of story that AM talk radio or whatever now, FM talk radio could gin up a real story out of. 100%.
2: They would be psyched. And Luke could present it well. It's not just like man on the street where the person is, you know, not camera ready or, or radio ready or whatever. He, you know,
0: can actually speak to the experience a little bit more succinctly. Right, he could have gotten out his phone and called in live. They could have swept the quarter hour with Luke Fairbank on a sinking ferry boat. What, on
1: Cisco's Saturday gardening show?
0: (laughs) Breaking news. That's a good point. Uh, The top story, uh, though not the planned top story, sort of a spontaneous top story, is the sad story that Mac Miller died. Um, And the guys just get into that for a little while. I didn't really take any notes on it. It's just a sad thing that happened and was fresh, and they talked about it.
2: Um, yep. I I have no feelings about Mac Miller except the only thing I know about him is is that he was dating Ariana Grande and what they didn't mention is that people have been like you know spectacularly nasty to Ariana Grande because she broke up with him and she's responsible for his debt whatever. But um but in true um form Chris Molanty Molanty my favorite podcaster Uh, that's not Mm -hmm. on LRB or TBTL was on another podcast (laughs) talking about Ariana Grande, but then talking about Mac Miller. And it actually made me interested because he's such a, I don't know, a good discusser of pop music that it actually intrigued me a little bit more than Luke's weird discussion of him. But um, (laughs) he seemed like, you know, a troubled soul, but maybe had a bright future and he's, you know, he's 26. It's really sad.
1: Sure, i heard but I don't have any of like the but good things, yes about yeah. him and and I didn't listen to only Luke's uh assessment of his music. I heard some other sources saying that he was really developing as a musician. I don't know The clip that Luke was so keen to play of him being interviewed by Larry King that they both thought was so charming. I just sort of thought it sounded like he was fighting his narcolepsy <laughs> the whole time, you know. Mm-hmm. I I wasn't super impressed. He must yeah. have been more dynamic on stage. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Also, I could always do without a Larry King clip. <laughs> in yeah. <my> life. <laughs> I would get a technical note that the, uh, the second ad break in the show continues on Monday, and it seems to have continued, I think, all week. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a thing now. On to the Domino's Russia tattoo stories that were teased several times last week. Uh, the gist of it is uh, if you're in Russia and you got a tattoo of the Domino from Domino's, you got pizza for life. And it very quickly got maxed out and rules had to be put on it because people were very, very willing of to course. go to the Domino's tattoo. You get 100 pizzas a year for 100 years. Uh, my question to you, Anne, would you get a Diet Coke tattoo for that
2: deal? Oh fuck! That's Bobby. a really good question.
1: <laughs> I have never been interested in having a tattoo, but this is a and it would
2: save you so much money, so much money. Where in my
1: body do I have to get it?
0: Well, I think I'm trying to remember the rules here. It it has to be visible, and because it- it's it's you can't hide that that. Uh, that that uh, light under a basket, or whatever the fuck that that mal- <laughs> that mangled saying from the Bible that Luke likes to use. It's got to be visible. It doesn't have to be on like your forehead. And I guess since it's Coca Cola, I guess. It wouldn't. I guess it would just be the Diet Coke words. I mean, there's not really a good Diet Coke logo. Maybe <laughs> oh. one of the vintage ones. You could take one of the, like the the great '80s looks or something.
2: And I think you should get it in inside of your upper arm, like near your armpit, because you're always wearing sleeves. I mean, you live in Minnesota. You're like always going to be wearing sleeves, pretty much. Nobody's going to see. Even if you're sleeveless, nobody's going to see it unless you raise your hand. Like that's where you
0: get it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I wonder if that would count. Not, not you know. It doesn't have to be below the elbow or knee. I guess that would be the, if you could get away with it, like on your ankle. No, you know, absolutely not. Classic. Do not do
2: that. Don't do it. That's horrible.
1: <laughs> Can I do it like a a bottle as a tiny teardrop? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, but you have to get another one every time you kill a bottle of Diet
2: Coke. <laughs> Ooh, that's
0: going to be a problem.
2: And your whole face is going to be covered <laughs> with little tiny Diet Coke teardrops.
0: <laughs> Actually, the Coke bottle is such a such a known symbol. I think you could get the Coke bottle. I think that would be an acceptable tattoo. But it has I like to be just dis- Coke
2: bottle, though it has to be distinctly diet coke like it can't just be a coke bottle
0: that's a good point
1: yeah the bottle is not a shape that i like i'll confess right now i'm not a big fan of luke's joy detergent tattoo i think it's sort of a weird shape i don't know i'd rather just
2: get the logo if I could do that. I didn't need to
0: look this up. Diet Coke tattoo. A scripty
2: tattoo.
0: Oh, God. Wow. There's just a whole (laughs) world of terrible tattoos for Diet Coke. I'm not surprised. There's terrible tattoos. You know, do you want me to walk down to this convention and see if I can find someone?
2: (laughs) Maybe. Oh, my goodness.
0: Uh, (laughs) um, Well,
1: that's not a Diet Coke. That's a swastika with four (laughs) penises on the end of it. (laughs)
0: We clearly don't have the same metadata in our search. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Hillary, I don't want to. If I ask you if you would get a rosé tattoo, that would just be like rude. That would be me calling you an alcoholic. (laughs) Um.
2: Oh my! I am just there's. I don't think there's anything in my life that I want consistently that. I don't know. There's nothing I, I really like, (laughs) Mike's going to be mad, but I really like a Starbucks soy latte. That's like my favorite thing, (laughs) but I'm not going to do it so much that I, there's nothing so consistently that like, I like spend so much money on. I don't know, but I mean, Rosé would be fine, but then I'd be such a basic bitch that I like, I would be embarrassed. But listen, I almost got a tattoo yeah. of the nickname that my dad calls me on my lower back, so I'm nowhere – I can't talk about this. Like, I am basic, so.
0: What yeah, about I, you, Bobby? If Meredith was on – well, if Meredith was on, I was going to ask her if she would just get a tattoo of a cat because then she would just get more and more free cats. <laughs> um, she probably would. I I would probably get a tattoo of a cup of black coffee. I mean, Diet Coke would also work for me. I drink. Almost as much Kazan
2: A cup but, of black uh, coffee
0: tattoo would be the
2: most extreme hipster tattoo. You're like, I don't take eggs. That's, that's true.
0: <laughs> that's the problem. And it would be like the Starbucks logo, but it wouldn't be the word Starbucks. It would be like a knockoff that says hot coffee where it says Starbucks. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Or maybe like one of those coffee vending machine cups.
2: <laughs> Gross. My the problem with me and tattoos is there's nothing in my life that lasts. I mean, besides I guess like my children, but I'm not gonna do that. But there's nothing. In, and children. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing in my life that I've been like, oh, I'm gonna look back at that and be like, oh, I really like that in you know 2018 or whatever. But and you always love diet coke. It's never gonna go hey, You could totally do this. I'm gonna rig it so that you get free diet coke for. It has to happen. Yeah. <laughs> I welcome your efforts
1: on my behalf. <laughs>
2: We will all be there holding your hands as you get this tattoo and receive your Diet Coke, your lifetime supply.
1: I mean, if I ever get famous, you better believe I will reach out to Diet Coke and I'll be like, I will do all the advertising you want. You don't even have to pay me other than in free Diet Cokes.
0: LRB is taking a trip to Atlanta in the near future. I can see it. The Diet Coke Museum is great.
2: The Coke Museum it's great.
0: I love the Coke it's Museum. fantastic. I've said it. Bef- i've said it before recently on this show i think i cried during the video at the beginning of the tour of the it's Coquina. so good it also has that i'm on top of the world song in it which just anyway thinking yeah. of hipster stuff um <laughs> yeah i don't know i don't have tattoo for the same reason there's nothing i want uh that i want a tattoo on me that that will that i feel like will stand the test of time mm-hmm that fits. Now, I've actually thought recently I should probably get a tattoo of a a buffalo which is something a lot of people in buffalo like to do because they love buffalo and that's probably never going to change for me. Despite the fact that there are no buffalo in buffalo, people will get what I mean. So, maybe? I don't know. I'm not that passionate about body art.
2: No. I guess. I can't. My mom has a tattoo. She's cooler than I am. She has a tattoo on her ankle. Um, It's cute, but I... Like, and hers looks good, but I can't. I can't commit. My children and my yes. husband are about the uh, the only things I can commit to long term. Everything else, I'm like, I can't. I can't do that.
0: My mom also has a couple of ankle tattoos. She has a, a pink breast cancer awareness ribbon or just a cancer awareness ribbon. I think it's all cancer awareness for her on one ankle. And she has the Episcopal shield. Wow above her ankle on the other leg.
2: At least it's not the
0: Catholic Um, one. (laughs) No. Sorry. I already went down that road recently on the show. I can't rail against Catholics again this week. Plus, we have a lot of week to go. Yes, let's go. All right. We do some uh, chain pizza rankings. uh, Some talk about how Papa John is an asshole. Uh, Luke mentions that he uh, loves to get his buffalo sauce and ranch, which is something that I had planned to fly off the handle on. But now that we've talked about tattoos for 20 minutes, I'm just going <laughs> to let it go. But real p- humans use blue cheese when there's buffalo sauce involved, not ranch. Ranch is not bad. There mm-hmm. are a lot of people in Buffalo sure. who like, like blue cheese and therefore hate ranch. And I don't think it's one or the other. I think there's a time and a place for both. We, we keep ranch in the house. Um, do blue you cheese any, is just better.
1: Do you have any opinions about you know, whether people should be
0: allowed to put ketchup on their hot dogs? I don't care. I put ketchup on my hot dogs sometimes. So
1: why do you care if people want to put ranch on their wings?
0: <sighs> because buffalo sauce uh-huh. and blue cheese are a natural pairing.
1: Mm, sure, to you they are. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I again. I we'll be here for hours, and it's not worth it. I was also upset that Luke said that The Godfather is overrated.
1: Oh, like well, the he mo- knows better than all film
2: historians. So, <clears throat> right. And I want to like bet that he's barely seen. It. Like I feel like he probably watched 10 minutes and he was like, I'm bored. You know, Dave and I talk about seventies movies a lot. Like the Godfather and Godfather part two are some of Dave's favorite movies, but he will say in watching seventies movies, they are um, starting startlingly slower than you remembered them being. And just that our brains are sort of accustomed to going so fast and, Things being more soprano or just, you know, changing a little bit fast. And 70s movies are very methodical and slow and quiet and dark. But it's an excellent movie. I mean, it just is unrivaled in saying that. It's whether you, you know, find it exciting or boring, it's a a good movie. It's almost kind of
0: undisputed. Yep. Andrew, for his part mentions that for a long time he thought the Casino was better than Goodfellas and then later in life realized his error. I've never seen either. Oh, well, it's a can of worms for another time. Maybe we should start a movie podcast, but Casino's not better than Goodfellas. (laughs) Uh, Then they play the Paul F. Tompkins overdub of a Ray Liotta Chantix commercial. Don't care. Good, let's move on. Uh, Then we get a voicemail uh, from a woman who tells the story of a guy who was with her in a platonic setting and proceeded to FaceTime his significant other to prove that he was only with her in a platonic setting, not in any romantic interest way. And I believe I wrote the quote down as, quote, see, babe, she's old. So Mm -hmm. rude. Uh.
2: It's like when I get called ma'am by some like twenty five year old intern. I'm like, fuck you. Um and I know they're trying to be polite, but I it's yep. like I'm you know, I'm in the graveyard already. It's fine.
0: I, I I guarantee there's no etiquette book that said, see babe she's old was the right <laughs> response to that. <laughs> no point conversion. Um uh Sebastian Jenikowski The kicker for the Seahawks is an old, not athletic-looking man. (laughs) It's funny that he is an athlete. The Seahawks lost to Denver in a game they probably could have won, but they didn't. But Luke finds a way
2: to make it seem like they did okay, even though they lost. It's fine. Mm -hmm. That's what he always
0: does.
1: You know, I'm really I'm not even disappointed that they lost this one. (laughs) Yep,
2: I knew they were going to lose. They're going
0: to go. To the Super Bowl of trying hard this year. Uh, It's not going to go well. Uh, Cleveland tied with Pittsburgh, (laughs) because that's what you do when you're a team that's awful, is you find a new way to be awful. Uh, Really, this is embarrassing for Pittsburgh more than anything.
2: I'm excited that um, Luke recognizes that uh, – what's his face – White- roethlisberger is such a piece of shit like it makes me happy that he's had that revolution mm-hmm. that he doesn't want to play him even in fantasy which i know is meaningless but it's like when anybody tries to represent that he's this like kind of upstanding you know big ben kind of guy it makes me happy that luke at least is on the side of the righteousness that he's a you know assaulter
0: yeah uh this is why i eventually threw out the bag of Big Ben's beef jerky that I was keeping for posterity. Uh, And I know that no one cares uh, about the We Are Tens Fantasy Football League, but I did rename my team the Hamburger Sandwiches this year, which I'm pretty proud of. Uh, I had just enough characters allowed in the space you're allotted for your name to do that. One gross detail from the no-point conversion that I wanted to mention, Andrew talks about coming home After the Cleveland game where he was out watching it, I assume at Art Marble 21 or whatever, whatever the Browns bar is now. Uh, And he had that sweat, that flop sweat, that gross sweat you get when you're nervous and frustrated. And he said it was like battery acid. So I just want to leave you at the end of Monday's two hour show with Andrew's battery acid sweat.
1: Genevieve's a lucky woman. (laughs) Oh, yeah. All right, let's go to Tuesday, number 2725, the opposite of E. They start by talking for a long time about their tweets. Boy, this is starting to be a problem because they decide that maybe they should have a segment about Twitter, a regular segment. And we did get a throw your phone about that, a delightful throw your phone from Renee, who says this is actually a split throw and hug phone moment Creating a segment about tweets? Yes, you do talk about tweets a lot, but no, I don't usually want to hear about them. But if they name the segment Talk Tweet to Me, I might change my mind. That's the hug my phone moment, the moment I got to feel clever. That must be why Luke talks about his tweets. It's a good thing I'm not on Twitter. I think you're very right, Renee. Luke gets those little jolts of dopamine or whatever when he comes up with a good line. Mm Mm-hmm but I don't I don't want a Twitter segment no thank you. Um Luke started following Michael McKean the actor on Twitter. Did you know that he was married to Annette O'Toole? No. I didn't. No. no. God, she's so beautiful. Yeah. Um I went to his uh Wikipedia page to make sure I was spelling McKean right and I was like, "Oh, there you go anyway that's beside the point but what luke said is that he has started uh replying to michael mckean's tweets waiting to see if they're noticed and then when they're not he deletes them
3: Ugh.
1: and that's <laughs> sad luke that's, that's sad
3: um
1: on the next tweet topic they go back to zizal i'm not interested in talking about Size All because we've already been through this once on the podcast. We had a conversation about it before, but Luke goes into a long explanation of why the Twitter joke he made about it was, quote, multi layered. And got uh, he it. has started lurking on black Twitter and he's experimenting with what he calls black Twitter joke formations. And I said, Luke, no.
2: No. <laughs> it's sort of weird because no. I feel like a lot of people were like, why is he calling it black Twitter? Or they were upset by it. And it's one of those things that I've heard for, I don't know, years of people. I, for, I'm for i stupid. And for a long time, about three years ago, I thought there was like a whole separate thing called black Twitter. And I was like, well, I want to <laughs> see what it's like. But then I realized quickly that it was not. But it's one of those things that like Luke can... <laughs> I listened to Call Your Girlfriend, and Ami Natuso is one of the hosts, and she can, will say black Twitter. She's an African-American woman. And she can say that. For Luke to say it, it sounds very, I don't know, it just sounds weird and off-putting a little bit. I'm not saying he can't, mm-hmm. but it just sounds sort of like, this isn't for you. Like, we're not performing for you. I mean, I'm glad you're getting enjoyment out of it or whatever, but
0: I don't know. It just seems a little bit like, ooh I'm just waiting for Luke to go to a live wire taping and go out there for his monologue and just be like, well, white people tweet like this and black people tweet like this.
2: <laughs> I did think that it was funny. I mean, the The one tweet I saw that was like white people love to say like, Ooh, we just made it here in time. Look at the line. I say that all the time, all the time, all the time. <laughs> and I was like feeling very called out by it. <laughs>
1: Well, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing if he gets into the, oh, God help me, the Black Twitterverse, if he's <laughs> observing and learning. But when he tries to co-opt the forms for his own uh, sense of Twitter superiority, I... Yeah. Let's be careful about this, Luke. Um, hmm. Let's leave Twitter talk. Luke thinks that he doesn't like wings. I think... He thinks he doesn't like wings because he's trying to get low-carb wings, and so he's getting shitty wings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bobby's like, I agree. Uh, they... They're chicken. Yeah. When's the last
0: time you ate a potato wing?
1: Yep. It's like they're chicken rolled in powder. Of course they don't taste good, Luke. Uh, They do a whole bunch of music talk, which I'm not interested in recapping, but it's full of a lot of, oh, did you know, and are you familiar with, it's, guys don't. Uh, They (laughs) insult people who play croquet in the course of this, but then they're both like, yeah, but you know what? It sounds really fun just to get out and play croquet. (laughs) Um, I don't think they do that on black Twitter. Um, (laughs) Then they do... A water bottle talk for 11 minutes and 43 seconds, and that's the end of what I'm going to say about it, unless either of you two wants to talk about
2: your water bottles. I don't drink water. Okay, good. Uh,
0: I have a Nalgene water bottle. I like it. It There we go. Top.
1: (laughs) Extensive discussion. We did it. (laughs) A top story for for today. I like this top story a lot. The 50-year-old guy named Chris Hughes, who uh, looks like a 50-year-old guy. He's 5'8", and on one of the videos I watched, they said, he's a generous (laughs) 210 pounds, is coming close to securing the championship for the NFL 7-on-7 flag football tournament with a prize of $1 million. He looks like he has no business being on a football field of any kind like... Sebastian Janikowski, apparently. I don't know. I don't know what he looks like. That's it. No, you got it. Um,. Yeah. And this is the joke is kind of on the NFL because they only wanted to get people who had pro or college experience so that they could make this like a real exciting thing and not just like a dopey intramural experience. So, I he said that he just kept applying and applying and they had 128 teams they allowed in and he was number 127. Um and he's he's killing it and Um, What Luke gets from this is that he could do it, too. (laughs) And I say, Luke, (laughs) this guy has been playing flag football since he was in his mid-20s, so at least 25 years, and he is a football coach for his profession. You could not do this. Um, But he is pretty fun to watch. I watched a bunch of those videos, and... uh, (laughs) and he's doing it and he's you know he's got this murderer's row of like super awesome athletes that are catching the ball except for he has this giant um, center who is just incredibly huge and uh, he w- when he was being interviewed he's like oh yeah that guy's my buddy all the other guys want me to kick him off the team but I can't because I can't be the fattest guy on the team so I have to have him <laughs> Um yeah, he's pretty charming. So that's a great story and I hope that um his story turns out well.
0: We all need a fanfare for the common slub once yeah. in a while. Yep.
1: Yeah. Uh they follow up with some more talk about Dr. Death. I've heard a little bit more positive things about this, that it's less of a like a forty eight hours mystery type story and it's being um reported by an actual healthcare reporter and so oh, it's
2: more. Yeah, to- she- Look at the
1: healthcare system.
2: She knows her shit. And then I've had two separate people text me who I recommended it to like, oh, you should listen to this. And they said, I don't ever want to have surgery again. Mostly because it's like,
3: (laughs) um,
2: you know, people. uh, uh, It's kind of (laughs) again, to bring it back to the Catholic Church, it's like these people are floated or, you know, they are pushed to different places. They're not necessarily, their licenses are not necessarily taken away. They're just kind of pushed aside to somewhere else. And so you, you, you know, and you can market yourself in a certain way to make it seem like you're the expert on, you know, spine surgery or whatever. Um, and so it's kind of scary where you're like, is there any accountability in the medical community? It doesn't really seem like there is because it's all for profit at this point. I um, sort anyway. of wonder along the line: Is anybody checking his yeah. references? I know, but I don't know if having a, you know a medical degree and license kind of makes it up. people kind of get you know like they are smoked by it. They think that oh, like well, he's fine. But yeah, it seems super odd because people were you know getting injured and. All the stuff, awful stuff was happening, and he was just going on with his business. And I have wanted to Google it, but then I do kind of want to listen to it some more. And it's only six episodes, and I think they just finished the fourth episode. So in in two weeks, I'll know the outcome.
0: <laughs> I do think it's weird that they keep shuffling them around, yeah. but they keep giving the most vulnerable patients gold chains before they go. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: I'm still waiting for someone
0: to tell me that that's not okay for me to. (laughs) Someone proved to me the Catholic Church isn't terrible right now, and I will listen. Moving on. Uh, Luke says maybe he's done
1: with Dr. Death because in the last episode, they used the term Occam's razor incorrectly. And I, I just think that Luke should be careful when he's calling people out on their lack of knowledge of scientific concepts. Um, But I didn't listen to the episode, so I don't know if he's right or not. The funny thing that comes from this is that they decide there should be a TBTL shave club called Occam's Razors, which was a good joke. Yeah. And um, Luke thinks that you should just wait until all the episodes are out and then binge it because that's the kind of show it is. So I guess I'll wait for your final
2: verdict, Hillary, and then I'll see. On two weeks. Get back to me.
1: All right. And that's enough for Tuesday, I
2: think. Okay, uh, Wednesday, 2726, The Mystery of the Millionaire pastoral Pastoralist. I knew I was going to pronounce that incorrectly. Um, they get into talking about Popeyes and the Popeyes owner, um, who had apparently some beef with Anne Rice. I guess it was a very, like, central to New Orleans beef. Um, I just thought that was sort of a random thing to uh, talk about, but I did think it was interesting that Popeye... Was named for Popeye Doyle Not for like Popeye's Popeye's And I didn't know that That was a dazzling deed that I did not know <laughs> I've never seen the French Connection But you know I thought that was sort of interesting um, um, Dave just brought me some more rosé So <laughs> strap in guys <laughs> <laughs> Um. Okay, so I texted him. I was like, hey, can you do me a favor? Anyway, thanks, Dave. I love you, bubs. Um, okay, so anyway, they move on. Um, Luke all of a sudden talks about how um, people give celery a bad rap. I've If it's 1985, I guess I've heard that, but I feel like nobody really gives a shit about celery. Actually, I like celery as a part of like a buffalo wing kind of situation. You can. It's just an avenue to like dip things, dip shit into things. You know? Right. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm.
1: Luke's one of Luke's points is that it's a calorie neutral food. And I'm like, Well not if you're using it as a spoon. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: It is. It's nature's spoon. Um, I thought it was just sort of a weird thing. I'm like, what world are you living in? Like and where there's like some, you know, female stand up comet ra- ranting about celery, but I don't know, I feel like everybody likes celery fine. It is sort of neutral. I mean it doesn't bring a lot of taste to anything, but it Perfect for
0: peanut butter, ranch, blue cheese, what have you. Celery's going to be the only spoon you can get once the liberals (laughs) find out that turtles are choking on real
2: spoons. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, But then he talks about, it was such a weird food concept day, butter on saltines. I mean... I just feel like that seems really labor-intensive to put butter on like a tiny little <laughs> square. My mom really likes to put butter on tortillas, um, and I understand that because it's a like a wider sort of area that you can cover. But butter on saltine seems like a lot
0: of work.
1: I don't know. It's all right. No, it's, it's fine. Just toast.
0: Put out the butter dish in the dip bowl in your favorite chip and dip. <laughs> And then just put the saltines on the chip portion of your favorite chip and dip and just go to town. I mm-hmm. did
2: used to, this is very like Carrie and Sex and the City. I used to put like, I like to stand up in my kitchen and put like jelly and peanut butter on a saltine, but like several, not one, many, 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 many. And I'd like eat a sleeve of saltines with like jelly and peanut butter on them. <laughs> I have no problems with binge eating. It's fine. Um, no. Who says jelly and peanut butter? Oh, <laughs> Uh, well, um, somebody who's had like two glasses of rosé maybe says jelly and peanut butter, but, <laughs> but it's with the saltine. Like it seems sort of odd. Like I think that's the order in which I put them in. So, um, anyway, they, it's this, again, I keep feeling like I get like the random episodes where they're sort of talking about nothing but many, many topics. Um, Luke talks about how CPAPs are sort of, I don't know, like they are, I understand what he's trying to say. They're trying to say that there's like a cottage industry surrounding CPAPs, which I agree. But I also think that Luke needs a CPAP. And he's just trying to talk himself out of him, seeing like, oh, see, it's bullshit. But uh, but I like that Andrew, you know, <laughs> thought that he kind of could like get into cleaning a CPAP. He doesn't necessarily need one, but he thought it'd be fun to clean one out. And I like <laughs> He he had, a like, a business in mind that was Handy Andy's bath and CPAP cleaning. <laughs> He's so weird. He's so weird. Um, cleaning CPAPs would be gross. It's so gross. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's gross. I mean,
1: if you were just cleaning your own CPAP and you were Andrew and you did it on the reg, that would be fine. But if you had a business where, I don't know, like, Mr. Johnson brought his CPAP in after... <laughs> 18 months of use that would be disgusting it's like
2: filled with mold it's so gross um and a quick note i think that this was during the uh donor portion that suzanne from mount lake terrace was luke's babysitter which i just thought was like cute Mm -hmm. and weird um so then the top story i am going to admit i lost the thread on this this whole big thing in Australia does not intrigue me as much as it intrigues the guys I I kind of get it but also it seemed like they kept going on and on about it but the one little thing that I had about this story was I think that they have an idea that Australia is much smaller than it actually is like Australia is Mm -hmm. about the size of the United States so they were like how far away is Larima from where Larry the Lobster is and it I Like, Google Maps, and it's, like, approximately a 30-hour drive. So it would be, like, driving from, I don't know, probably Seattle to Austin in some ways. Like, it's not – just because it's in the same country does not mean that it's anywhere near each other. Yeah, Um, but are
1: they going to hitchhike?
2: I mean, I would love to see them hitchhike through the, like, bush of Australia. That would be hilarious. They're like melting in the sun. <laughs> Help me. There's no, there's no, you know, McAllisters to save them with like a baked potato. Right. <laughs> um anyway, then they talked about that for a while, and as I said, I sort of lost the thread a little bit. But then they went on to Luke's credit, which Ellen had previously we talked about with the throw your phone. But the thing that really frustrated me beyond the fact that Luke has such shitty credit is that he's sort of attached his credit to whoever he was dating. Like Nicola, his wife had great credit and she was very responsible. So his, I don't know, his credit rose at that point. Then Van was not great about that, just like Luke was. So his credit was shitty and now Carrie is responsible and it's just frustrating because, yeah, like a marriage is a partnership and you're sort of all in it. But nobody's responsible for anybody else's shit. Like if it's something personal, you pay your stuff unless you have an agreement. But it's not their responsibility to take over whatever you did to fuck up. And I just think it's really mm-hmm. frustrating. And it's this antiquated way of looking at like, well, she's responsible with money. I'm not good at it. Well, you know what? You're a 42 year old man. Like you have to be sort of responsible for it. I'd be
1: so afraid that he would drag
2: me down 100%, but I 100% and if I were married to him, I would be like, this is under my purview at this point, but it just annoyed me how he was positioning it. Like he had no responsibility. It was always the partner that Mm -hmm. he was with. It was like, oh, well they had were responsible or not. So that's reflected in my credit and just annoying. Um, And then uh, they they talked about oh Luke was like getting fished at that moment and I um I they talk about fishing a lot in my office because they're so scared of it and we have a lot of old people that work my company is really big we have a lot of older people that work there and so I can that they're just so fearful that somebody's gonna fall for it but it it has been a couple of times I've almost fallen for it they've gotten really good about fishing like that you can you know, they masked and then all of a sudden you just have to look at the, you know, email address and it's something that's just a little bit off. But I listened to a reply all that was about fishing and it, it can get you even people who are, you know, mm-hmm. think that they're a little bit smarter. Um, I, I try to be really, really sophisticated about it. But a couple of times I've almost gotten God and then I'm like, wait a second. Um, And then there's a,
0: the li- I, oh god I really like the pause you went wait a second and then there was this pregnant pause you're
2: like something's <laughs> happening
0: no um, <laughs> and we just moved on <laughs> I'm just an
2: animated speaker um, okay then the last little bit was a voicemail about this I don't know this William S. Burroughs overlay of some music and I don't really care for it it's fine whatever William. it's not eh. for me That's like a.
1: But they did make the point that it was not as horrific as the one that they played before. That was the Kurt Cobain William S. Burroughs one.
2: That is for sure. It did not hurt my ears. I just didn't really care that much about it. But it was not like. I I was like, okay, I can see. I could see how a 19 year old boy in college would be really into this. Like, that's what Mm -hmm. I could, could envision to it. So that was pretty much Wednesday. Well, I think Thursday is going to be
1: quick. Number 2727, how do you say hello to a rutabaga? Uh, (laughs) It's important to note that they recorded this on Wednesday because Luke was going to be traveling on Thursday. Luke says that he has not swept Burbank Springs for like a day or two. And he has so much fur that he could make a a fur replica of Rudy,
3: (laughs) which is one reason I don't have a
1: dog um they go on to say that people love vacuum talk i will just say Anne does not love vacuum talk and then they do vacuum talk anybody want to say anything about vacuums
2: no but i don't want, okay the one thing i'll say about vacuums is the cheaper you buy a vacuum the more you're gonna to have to replace it we've replaced a vacuum once a year because we keep cheaping out on them we spend 60 dollars. we spend blah, blah blah and then i come home and my housekeeper's like your vacuum cleaner is broken like, shit <laughs> so i don't know i guess you get what you pay for get an expensive vacuum cleaner but not a dyson because that's yeah, but, too expensive
1: yeah luke put, paid 500 bucks for his and it died yeah that's true so, i i mean i guess they just don't make them like they used to it's not what we're supposed to say
0: <laughs> yeah, speaking of things they don't make like they used to, it's really a shame Mike's not on this episode because he's really the our resident expert on pet fur. I mean, cupcake True. sheds and we sweep and vacuum regularly, but uh, uh, Mike and Emily with the whole menagerie and it being his job to keep on top of the dog fur and the cat fur and the bunny fur, that's... he lives for that i think it's what got through got him through his hardest times was knowing that emily would die in a sea of fur if he wasn't there to help clean it up
1: we all have our purposes in this life exactly um we find out that andrew and hannah brooks Olson's new podcast spotless is pending on itunes as of this recording it has been released you can listen to it i have not I'm not sure if I'm going to, I don't, I'm not sure that I need a cleaning podcast,
2: but you know, I I feel pretty good about my cleaning game. I mean, I, the only thing that I'm interested in is the, like Jolie, Jolie Kerr is a um, cleaning expert sort of, but hers is more specific to like getting a stain out, getting pit stains out or whatever. I'm sort of interested in very specific things, but not just general I clean the bathroom because, like, I, I know how to clean a bathroom. I mean, I can clean a bathroom with the best of them. But I like to know how to get, like, a chocolate scene out of a child's shirt. That's the thing that I care about more. And I don't <laughs> think that
0: either of them are going to talk about it. It sounds like a very specific example. <laughs> oh, I have no idea what Completely you're talking Completely random. About. <laughs> uh, it, it, it was fine. The pilot's fine. It's a little introspective. Uh, I think it definitely has the feel of a pilot because they're talking about themselves a lot. Um, Andrew's Andrew. Hannah Brooks Olson can carry a lot of water personality-wise, so that's Mm -hmm. nice. Um, Yeah, you know, I I am somewhat saddened to say that after these messages has waned in my podcatcher, they just pile up and sometimes I listen to them and catch up and sometimes I just delete a bunch and uh, it's not that I don't, it's not that I just like it. I like well, let's not say I like Andrew. I don't wanna <laughs> i I know Andrew and I like genevieve <laughs> uh, but the you know the topic there's there's nothing making me wait for the next episode to come out yeah, with F- right. Ephrase messages. If I have time, I'll listen to it, and if I don't, I'm happy to let it go yeah um i am sure I'll keep spotless in my feed to get him the download, but uh, eh, we'll see. Um, They talk about
1: Colin Kaepernick. I don't even remember how this came up, but Luke is of the opinion that he has been, as he says, conscripted into the culture wars. And I think that means that these days you have to pick a side. Uh, And he says, quote, everyone doesn't always have to have an opinion. And I would amend that a little bit by saying everyone doesn't always have to share their opinion. Yes, yes. Have an opinion all you want, but... Um, I think a lot of us feel like people care more about our opinion than they actually do, Mm -hmm. Uh, including Luke and Andrews. Uh, Top story for the day is this CNN article on tips for healthier tailgating, and Luke wants to know who even tailgates anymore. Well, obviously, you have not never been to a Packers game. Uh, Not that I have, but even I know what goes on at Lambeau Field um the guys are in agreement that this article really misses the mark as who tailgates and doesn't want to stuff themselves silly that's not the point of tailgating it's it's not to have a few celery sticks and chat with your friends it's to get loaded in several ways and if you're in buffalo to then
0: jump off a car into a plastic folding table that's been lit on fire with lighter fluid or something
1: it's just like grandpa and grandma did yep. that's how it works, but the like tips, our bills
0: fans before us,
1: the tips that the article comes up with, including that you should eat before you go. No, that you should wear a belt, which I really disagree with. Um, I think you need to wear what you feel comfortable in, or maybe that's just me. That's what my therapist told me. She said, and just buy clothes that you feel good in and stop hating your body. Yep. Um, so I don't think I, that you should wear clothes that make you
0: uncomfortable. In one of those situations, actually, I think a less discriminating waistband is the way to go. I, you really have to go in the opposite direction of a belt. Suspenders? <laughs> <laughs> just, just anything with the word sweat in the name will probably <laughs> be fine.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you should make sure that you include healthier options with your food that's fine whatever it doesn't all have to be crap um they talk about eating lots of plants so you get fiber and luke says he thinks that the point of fiber is to keep your digestion moving not to feel full he's wrong i mean it is to keep your digestion moving but it's very well known that fiber helps you feel full um to alternate beer with water it sounds like luke and andrew like to alternate beer with shots of (laughs) stronger alcohol (laughs) So I guess everybody has their own thing. Just do a light beer and then a shot of Jameson or a shot of Jim Beam and you'll be good. Um, the best part of this whole list was that you should concentrate on socializing with your friends, not on eating. And Andrew just says, oh, fuck you. In fact, we did We did get a, a throw your phone from Sarah on this topic. She says... Uh, This is a hug my phone for tailgating tips when Andrew broke in with an oh fuck you at the recommendation to socialize as a helpful way to cut calories. Both so funny and so right, I laughed out loud. Their tone for this whole section, thoughtful, amused, and more honest than necessary, really made me appreciative of the show. They were certainly not buying what CNN was selling with this article, that's for sure. Although Luke is in favor of having a dance party during halftime. If it's a spontaneous dance party and not like a
2: thing. <laughs> it can't be an organized thing. It, you just have to right. dance. Right. So they seem to feel
1: that a couple of these tips are okay. A couple of these tips are stupid. And a couple of these tips, eh, you know, if you implement them in some way, um, you can get some benefit out of them. But, uh that's pretty much the end of the show. They do a very small amount of Blursdays and that's that's it for Thursday.
2: My uncle Lyndon used to have, um I know he's not gonna listen to this, so I'll make fun of him a little bit. My uncle Lyndon used to have a tailgate, um, at UT. This is the thing that they're missing is that at college football games, like tailgating is a really big deal and a lot of, you know, larger colleges they have many, many tailgates that are all going around along around the um mm-hmm around the stadium and my uncle used to have one. <laughs> we went to it and he had like two chairs and like six beers. And we we're like, that's how you tailgate. Cause it's like you're in and out. Like there's no lingering around his tailgate. <laughs> that's how you do it. Just have like one beer and then you're ready to go. <laughs> um, But yeah, it's, it's, um, I don't know I it's it's fun and I feel like I guess if you're doing it all the time then yeah maybe you need to maintain but if you need to sort of set some boundaries but it's I don't feel like people are doing it you know maybe there are maybe there's some people that do it every game but it I think it's sort of a more of a vocational thing um all right so on to Friday twenty seven, twenty eight. 28 dee do look how drugged out our Muppets are <laughs> Friday episode that posted about <laughs> okay. two about two hours ago. Um I I was sort of surprised for some reason that Andrew popped on. I don't know why. I was like, where's Luke? It was, I don't know, for some reason sort of shocking
0: to me. But it was uh, jarring. Yeah. I thought the same thing would have happened.
2: Yeah. Um and I guess that Luke had some sky jinx, though I don't quite understand what happened. I guess that his you know, series of flights were just delayed. And then he just decided to muck it and drive back to Bellingham. I don't know why they couldn't have waited a little bit and they could have, he could have just driven to Andrew's place, but whatever. I mean, I guess he just wanted to get home at some point. Um, the thing that made me laugh, laugh the most was that who is the most rootable of the three? Like, who are you rooting for? And Clearly, David Burbank is the only one that you're rooting for out of the three of those. Of course. <laughs> <I think laughs> At we times, do.
1: we actively root
2: against <laughs> Luke and Andrew. <laughs> um, I, I, <laughs> exactly. And I was interested, though, um, Luke was giving his explanations of whatever, just some myriad of things going wrong because he lives in a really small city that he has to connect to all the time. So mm-hmm. things are always going to go wrong. But I, I know that he couldn't do this, but I was wishing Will could be like a regular, um, LRB, you know, little correspondent. So he could tell us all the things that Luke got wrong about, you know, flying and, you know, the situation that was going on and who's at fault at all times, because Luke was always looking for somebody who's at fault. Um, but I guess the sea tackle, well, there's a runway that's under construction. So it was screwing him over. Um, so mm-hmm. he just decided to drive instead of fly, which, okay, I guess that's fine. It's like a three hour drive though. I feel like that's kind of an intense way to go instead of just like waiting around. But he's so eager to get home. But I, I mean, I guess I understand. I don't travel a lot for work, but Bobby, do you understand that? That somebody travels all the time?
0: I do get it. There are definitely times when I just want to be done, um, but um, I don't know. I just sort of—you just go with the flow of it. Yeah. When things are out of your control, it's just not worth the fight. Yeah. And and unlike Luke, who would rather be moving than not, I mean, I get that instinct. When I'm driving, I'd much rather take back roads slower than sit on a highway. For sure. Yep. Me too. But when it comes to flying versus driving, I'd rather sit. And be productive or get drunk, and then fly, yeah, yeah, than have to be stuck in traffic, especially Seattle traffic. I would take the airport, I would have rather have had Luke sitting in a quiet gate area somewhere at an airport the whole time rather than in the car driving or paying at the rent and burger King I mean that's the other, <laughs>
2: that's the other option, um. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I, when my only kind of experience with this recently was when I was flying to the LRB picnic and I uh, had to fly standby and I was, I almost got stuck in Portland and I just barely made it on the last flight to Seattle. And it really was a little bit jarring because I'm like, well, what do I do now? You know, what are my, um, What's the scenario? What can, What are the different things I can do? And, and there wasn't a lot. You know, it was mostly spending the night or renting a car. But I would almost rather just kind of hang out and see what happens as opposed to, like, getting in the car and I don't know. I always find that, like, when I second-guess myself or backtrack or whatever, then I almost end up screwing myself over a little bit. But, mm-hmm. you know, yep. I don't travel that much for work, so I can't tell you that much. Um, Then they weirdly... I felt like this was such a weird show because they had a point like we are going to reveal the Song of the Summer. So I kept thinking they're going to reveal it and then they just kept talking about random stuff such as uh, Bachelor in Paradise. (laughs) Kind of a long conversation about Bachelor in Paradise which... I don't watch, which is weird because you, if you knew me, you would think that I w- it would be something that I watched. I don't watch it, but I strangely listen to about two podcasts about it, so I'm up on <laughs> everything that's going on with it. So I like got the references, but I don't watch it. Um, I'm not going to go into it. I know that Jordan was recently screwed over by the girl that he was dating, seeing on this, but I, that's all I know. Um, but then, you know... To, uh, Luke always has to make it into this weird masculine like he's not that good looking for a male model. But I'm like, okay, Luke. Sure. All right, make yourself feel better. Um, but actually Andrew was making that that comment where he was like, "I like hearing you all talk about it, but then when I try to watch it, I'm like, ooh, no. I don't this is not for me." Um, and then and um no, I'm sorry. David said the same thing about real housewives like he would he likes trash TV but he can't go that deep into it and Real Housewives is like my uh, personal sort of thing that I know is terrible but I enjoy watching it for some reason Um, anyway I just thought it was funny that Andrew was like I don't even watch it but I like hearing y'all talk about it and I'm the same way I like hearing people talk about things that they are really passionate about but I don't watch I don't know um And then they played some Elvis Costello to go back into the show, which I don't really like Elvis Costello that much. I'm sorry. I know that he has a lot of fans. It's just not for me. But um, they – kind of talked about how his songs are somewhat problematic sometimes. And then they talked about more than words. And I kind of liked what Andrew was saying was just like, I like, I am not somebody to reflexively say, Oh, get over it. But that's one of those times that I was like, I don't really, I like the song. And that's how I feel. I'm like, I like this song. Even if it is about something that's a little bit rapey, I kind of <laughs> like the song. Well, and Andrew as
1: usual conflated the situation. There was one person who made one post mm-hmm. About how the lyrics of More Than Words are gross. And a couple of people were like, huh, I mean, maybe you have a point. And most of the people on the thread were like, well, I never saw it like that. And Andrew's like, there was so much talk on the Stens page about how it was so terrible of us to use that song. And I'm like, I think you're overstating it a little bit.
2: Also, it's fine that he's off of. Facebook. Like that's so fine. <laughs> it's fine. Somebody mentioned him the other day. They are like, also Andrew. And I'm like, oh, thank God that he's not on here because this is a potential for him to search through. And he doesn't need – his little, like, baby ears don't need to be, like, hearing his name being, you know, besmirched. Um nope. uh, Then they start talking about that Jim Carrey show, Kidding, which I haven't watched. I've seen a lot of articles that I haven't read because – Jim Carrey seems t- exhausting to me, and he's really anti-vax, which annoys me. So I like—I mm-hmm. know that has nothing to do with his talent or whatever, but I just kind of—he's one of those people that is just too famous and has gotten so weird in their fame that I like can't exist with it. So I just sort of
0: tune it. I don't a little know. Bit. Gwyneth Paltrow says he's fine. So. <laughs>
1: I think the last thing I saw him on was comedians in cars getting coffee, and he was just so aggressively strange. Yeah. That I,
2: it turns me off. Uh, That's how I am. And I, Mm -hmm. um, I, I feel like I've told the story before, but, you know, my mom, one of her jobs that is very cool, she works with authors that come into Dallas. Like, if they come to Dallas, she's sort of their. Escort, for a lack of a better word, that sounds weird, but that she's sort of their go-to person in um in Dallas. Anyway, a long time ago, she worked with at that time Chastity Bono, who is now Chaz Bono. But um, you know that her mom is Cher, and my mom asked her like, "What is your mom like? You know, is she nice or whatever?" And my she said, "My mom is really, really nice. She's the nicest person. She's been famous for so long that she doesn't know how to like." go to the grocery store. Like, that's just beyond her. So I think there gets to be a point when you're so famous that you're so insulated from everything else that you don't really know how to interact with the real world. And I feel like Jim Carrey has definitely, like, entered that uh, scenario. Yep. Uh, and I think he was never particularly stable to begin with. Yeah, yeah. As many comedians tend to be. hmm Um... All right. So then then they're going to do like donors of the day. And Luke was like, OK, I'll go to the bathroom during this time because he's been in a parking lot at the Burger King. And then now he's standing in line at the Burger King bathroom <laughs> um, to, and he's awkwardly podcasting. Um, it was just weird. But also I like to note that Luke's roulette numbers are seven, fourteen, twenty three and thirty five. Just FYI, I might play them the next time I go just to see. Um, seven's a little bit basic. See how but... good they are <laughs> yeah. numbers? I'm going to try them
1: out? See I how don't... they feel?
2: I don't really like any of those numbers. I mean, I like seven because that's like a generic lucky number, but the rest of them are like, mm, they're fine. Um, also, I want to note that David were... – Luke was like – they were talking about the, were the cities that the um, – the donors were from, and one of them was Davidson, North Carolina. And he was like, oh, Davidson was this underrated, blah, blah, blah. Nobody thought Stephon Curry was good. And I'm like, that's not actually true. That's Luke talking, like, out of his ass. Like, he sounds like he knows what he's talking about, but everybody knew Stephon Curry was going to be, like, pretty good. He was really good at Davidson. Davidson is a good uh, college basketball school, so Luke is dumb. It's just because it's not in his area. He doesn't know.
0: Hillary, I don't know if you realize this, but Luke – has a sports segment on a show that he hosts like once a week.
2: <laughs> uh, you're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're right. He is the expert. Uh, and then they mm-hmm. finally, finally, finally at the end reveal the song of the summer, which I will say I was like legit surprised by. I liked both of the songs. I thought they were both good songs. I was convinced it was going to be Crush. Maybe it is the you know circle I have surrounded myself with that i think oh it's totally gonna be this but it was the mm-hmm. best happy and happy which i like that song i think it's a fun song i was just really surprised because all i've heard is crush 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 i could be your oh, crush crush, well, crush.
0: sorry yeah <laughs> i'm i am not surprised at all that it came down to these two no when people all posted their brackets i didn't look too closely at them but i did see kiki lolo's bracket and I think she had Drake going the whole way and when I saw that I just thought, Oh, you don't know the tens yet. There's no way. Like, they're gonna take they're gonna take the the quirky white girl songs as far as they can. And I completely get it, I'm one of them. Like I think they're both fun songs. I didn't think any of these songs were real Song of the Summer songs, but that's for another day. I um, I was surprised that Happy Unhappy won. I really just assumed it was in the bag for Tessa Viola
2: me too when he announced it I was like I think I audibly gasped I was like oh my gosh and I'm just waiting for the show to be over so we can start our show and I'm like I'm surprised but um, but you know great I'm glad they did it I'm glad that David was in charge because it made and Kiki Lolo I mean she was the you know underlying factor of it all but I'm glad that they were in charge because God bless Andrew and Luke but they can't fucking do this like they need help and this made it not so meandering. It was just very. It was a Friday segment, and it it just seemed like a nice sort of diversion. And I liked I liked it. I thought it was fun. It brought some new music into my stream, and and it wasn't
0: painful. I thought this time.
1: Agreed. Yeah, yeah.
0: I had my Spotify sort of. I have this running Spotify playlist from when I was hosting trivia of just. Every time I heard a song I like, I would just throw it in there so that I would remember that I have this bank of songs to go draw from. And I just randomly hit on a Beth song that I didn't realize was in there, which is uh, the song Future Me Hates Me, Oh, which I think I like even more than Happy Unhappy. I think they're off the same album. So (laughs) if you liked the Beths, you should go listen to that song as well. Future Me Hates Me. It has a very similar sound, but I think I like it more. Cool.
2: I'll check it out. I mean, I like their vibe. It's very, like, 90s uh, girl group kind of deal. So I'm into it. Yeah. And that's basically it for Friday. No music for your weekend.
0: I think we've had enough music. I'll keep some house. Do we Uh, need to do some racist
2: housekeeping?
0: No. No, I'm going (laughs) to just not. Uh, I met my housekeeper this morning. Actually, um, I did not have her make up the room, but I did get two more of my free Hilton Gold bottles of water from her. And <laughs> oh um, God, Bobby, she, stop was, uh... bragging! <laughs> I'm SPG Gold too. I'm just saying. Uh, I uh, I I went to get a bottle of water from her, and uh, she was a, a perfectly average to me seeming white woman. So. If it was her, I assume she would have knocked and said, uh, housekeeping, but probably a little (laughs) higher. (laughs) You could buy things from us, uh, like t-shirts and mugs, at uh, Uh, littlerredbandmuggen.com. For some reason, one version of our template says 10710.com slash shop. Yes, that will also get you there. Uh, You can archive old episodes of TBTL for us. Uh, email Christy to do that or shoot us a note or a Facebook message or a comment somewhere or whatever, a hot air balloon, whatever you need to do to get to us. We'll put you in touch to do some archiving. Buy things from uh, Amazon.com, which used to be a bookstore, but now they sell all sorts of things at littleredbandwagon.com slash Amazon every time you do. They give us a few pennies for letting you know that they exist. Earbuds and Earworms is a show that we really like. We're related to them and you should listen to them. I do not remember what the theme is this week because I am a bad prepper for this show, but I'm sure it's good because it always is because Amy and Mitchell are on top of it.
1: And if you would like to be on the show, you can go to littleredbandwagon.com and you can fill out the form. Tell us what you want to talk about and why you think we should have you. If you have a comment, something good, something bad about TBTL, about LRB, about the state of the universe, You can send it to us at throwyourphone.com. Come see our Facebook page. The show Twitter is at LRB Podcast. You can email us with any longer concerns or shorter concerns, whatever, at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com and you can send us a voicemail or text us at 802-432- TBTL, which is 802-432- 8285. And uh, if you like 90s technology, you can fax Bobby at 617- Three five four eight five one three, and save him from getting timeshare advertisements. I guess you still yeah. get them, but you just get something else.
0: Yeah, well, it's just you get a timeshare advertisement, and then like an hour later, you get an advertisement to help you get out of your timeshare. So it's the circle of <laughs> yes. life coming out of the fax machine. That's how it works.
1: <laughs> and with that, Bobby, why don't you get us out of here?
0: Sure, certainly. <laughs> Until next time, this is the next party.
2: Uh, We love you, Jen. And we also love you, North Carolina. Stay safe. Nailed it.
1: But not by a hurricane.
2: So I'm thinking. I'm maybe just. I'm s- wondering. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. You ha- go ahead.
1: Well,
2: I'm wondering. Well, so if... much for not editing. yeah.
1: <laughs> uh-huh.